0: All right, we can turn to Luke chapter 9. We're going to do 51 through 62 this morning. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. When the days drew near for him to go to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, you, Lord. But first, uh, let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word, and we have a lot. We have a lot of stuff to think about in these verses. We pray that you would help us um, to 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 understand your word, and we pray that your Spirit, by your grace, because of your gospel, will will change us, will will grow us, and and I pray God that you would do that as we gather around your word, as we submit to your word this morning. Help us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so, the sermon this morning is built around two sentences. It's built around two sentences. Jesus was determined to save us. That's the first sentence. Jesus was determined to save us. And then the second sentence, we should be determined to follow Him. Jesus was determined to save us. We should be determined to follow Him. So those are the two sentences we're going to look at today. That's what the sermon's about. And I usually try to think of some like clever introduction, well clever for me, An introduction to kind of, um, get everybody thinking along with me and make sure that I, 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 you know, I'm, you're, you're tracking with me and you're, and, and, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of one this morning, so I don't have a cool introduction. Um, and I also, uh, we don't have a ton of time. This is, this, this seems it's going to be a two-point sermon, right? I mean, some of you are kind of happy because it's oh, only two se- two points. That's going to be great. But but this is kind of like a pinata sermon that I have sometimes, where you hit that second point and a bunch of other points fall out. And so that's kind of what we have. Uh, this, is a, this is sort of one of those. Um, so we got to we got to move this. We got to go quickly. Um, Jesus was determined to save us. We should be determined to follow him. Let's look at those two sentences. The first one, Jesus was determined to save us. Look at verse 51 again. I love this verse. This is, a, this is a top ten verse in the book of Luke for me. I love this verse. It says, when the days drew near for Him to be taken up. And that word actually, we're not going to spend any time on that, but that word taken up is the same word as as, as His ascension. It's the same, uh, it's the same uh, Greek word for His, for his ascension. And so, Luke is pointing us to the, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension uh, of our Lord there very quickly when he says that. But anyhow, uh, when the days drew near for Him to be taken up, He set His face to go to Jerusalem. Now, I read a lot of... Uh, of like old presidential biographies, old, old biographies. I love, I love reading old, like old history books, old biographies, and, and they usually come in parts, right? So, so part one is the childhood, part two is like the war years or something like that, part three is the road to the White House, part four is the presidency, and part five is, you know, retirement, when he writes his memoirs and builds his library or whatever. So, so you, you have a, you have the, the, the bi- biographies divided up into parts to kind of help you keep tracking if if we wanted to, we could call this part two. Verse 51 starts a, a new part of the book of Luke. We could call this part two, like the, the road to Jerusalem or something like that, because that's what the next ten chapters are all about. It's about Jesus heading to Jerusalem. And He's already told us He's heading to Jerusalem to be betrayed and arrested and condemned and beaten and crucified. And on the third day, be raised. And so, so when Jesus um when, when when Jesus now is heading to Jerusalem, Luke uses a very specific phrase. He uses the phrase set his face. Jesus is determined to go to Jerusalem. Now Luke is borrowing that phrase set his face from from an old song from the book of isaiah the book of isaiah isaiah prophesied he ministered hundreds of years earlier and and in his book in isaiah um there are four what are called servant songs they're, they're songs that are about the coming messiah and there's the most famous one probably is isaiah 53 um where it says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows We esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Uh, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. The Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. with, With His wounds we are healed. That's the famous servant song. The one that Luke is quoting here is the one right before that. It's the third of the servant songs. It's from Isaiah 50. And here's what it says. It says, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. So this is... This is Jesus, and when, and when Luke sees the determination of Jesus, how, how, how stubborn Jesus was about heading to Jerusalem, he, he remembers this song about the Messiah. He remembers this servant song from Isaiah 50. And he sees in Jesus this determination to go and, and, and to go to Jerusalem where he knows he, his back will be beaten. His back will be torn apart. His beard will be pulled out. He will be violently attacked. But he also knows that his Lord God will help him. And his Father will not allow him to be left in shame. His Father will not allow his Son's body to rot in shame. He will raise him up on the third day. The Lord God will help him. The the determination of Jesus here is astonishing that Jesus knows full well what's going to happen in Jerusalem. He knows exactly what's going to happen in Jerusalem. Jesus isn't risking his life. He's not saying, if I go to Jerusalem, the odds are not good. The odds are not good. No, Jer- Jesus knows. He knows what's going to happen. And, and in fact, this is, the, this is the determination of God the Father hundreds of years earlier in the book of Isaiah. And not only just hundreds of years earlier, but Ephesians teaches us in, in eternity past, God set His face, as it were, to save us. And here we have Jesus determined, laser-focused. His, his face is set like flint, Isaiah says. He is determined to go and have His back opened and His beard ripped out. we have to stop and remember this morning that it is it is our fault. It is my fault that Jesus' back was torn open. It's my fault that His beard was ripped from His face. It's my sin. It's your sin. It's, it's our sin. It's our fault. The the book of Luke talks about it being necessary that Jesus go to Jerusalem and die. And it is necessary because it is God's will, His His everlasting will. And it's also necessary because of the, the greatness of our sin. But Jesus didn't have to be convinced to go. He didn't have to be begged. He didn't have to be tricked or bribed. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And in His love and in His determination, He did it. He went to Jerusalem and He finished the job because He was determined to save us. If we're going to understand the Gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to understand this, that Jesus was determined to save us. That's our first sentence, and we have to get it. We have to get it. Our first sentence, Jesus was determined to save us. Here's our second sentence. We should be determined to follow Him. When we consider our first sentence, Jesus was determined to save us, then we should be determined to follow Him. His astonishing determination to save us should inspire us, right? It should motivate us. But what does that look like? What does it look like for us to follow Him? And that's where we hit the piñata and a few other points fall out. The sentence is simple. We should be determined to follow Jesus. But what does it look like? We have three answers to that question. What does it look like to be determined to follow Jesus? Number one, we must be patient and merciful. Number one, we must be patient and merciful. Picking up our story in verse 52... Um, and he sent Jesus sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. So, so they have a Jesus has a big group of people traveling with him now. They're they're about to go through this town of in, in this Samaritan village. We don't know which one, and they're about to go through this village of the Samaritans. And they need they need hospitality there. They need someone. They need they need a, a place to stay. They need meal. They they need someone to show them hospitality. Uh, verse 53, but the people aren't digging that idea at all. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. I think Luke there, Luke is a masterful writer and I think he's doing a double meaning thing. On one level, the Samaritans want nothing to do with people going to Jerusalem. The, the Samaritans hate the Jews. Right, the the Jews hate the Samaritans. The Samaritans hate the Jews. During this time, and so they're not interested in any kind of spiritual journey to Jerusalem. They hate Jerusalem. They've got their own thing going on. They've got their own temple. They don't want. they They don't. They don't want to help out people going on a spiritual journey to Jerusalem in any way. They're not interested in helping the Jews. But I think also Luke is saying, Jesus is on a bit of a rejection tour. He's going to be rejected by a lot of people. Not just Samaritans. He is going to be rejected because His face is set to Jerusalem. Rejection is part of the Father's sovereign plan for Jesus. It's the sin, for sure, of uh, the people of that time, but the book of Acts tells us this all happened according to God's good plan. And, and so I think that's part of what Luke is saying here. He's doing a little bit of a double-meaning thing. So they rejected Him. They don't receive Him. They don't want Him because His face is set toward Jerusalem. So, James and John, they think... I mean, this is this is an interesting first idea. And when His disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do You want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? I mean, we think that a lot. We hardly ever say it, Right? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. So, what are James and John thinking there? Uh, well, let's not be too quick to uh, to pounce on them and call them jerks, because this is this is motivated. I think. Well, they're motivated by the honor of Jesus. They're frustrated because Jesus has been rejected. And and so their autumn, and I think they both kind of have like because of the transfiguration, because of all this stuff that's been happening, they kind of have Elijah and Elisha on the mind. And so they they remember when Elisha was he was backed into the corner um, back in Second Kings chapter one, and and the king is sending um, the 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 evil king, the wicked king, is sending posse's after Elisha, Uh, and and these posses, is like fifty men. Right and and the the king sends like a, a group of fifty men to come and get Elisha and they don't want to just talk you don't send fifty men just to have a chat they're they're coming to get Elisha and they're going to take him back to the king and if Elisha doesn't recant um, he's going to be executed this is a I mean they're coming after Elisha's life and so Elisha prays for for God to help him to deliver him and and God does God brings down fire from heaven. It's, it's basically like the idea, like a, a war movie where, where Elisha sends in his coordinates and God sends in like the jet fighters, right? And just bombs them. That's, that's a lot of, that's, that's the idea. Is, is Elisha needs help and God delivers his prophet. That's not what we have here. James and John are getting a little bit carried away. Now is not the time to attack. Now is not the time to sit around and hope that God will wipe them out. The Samaritans aren't attacking Jesus or His disciples. They're just rejecting them. And Jesus' larger point here, it's time to patiently preach the Gospel. Now, we will see next week that, that Jesus is not going to sugarcoat judgment. That Jesus is, he, he is going to say to the people they're going to go on this mission trip next week. We're going to see in chapter 10 and when they go and they get rejected, they are to warn the people who reject them that judgment is coming. And, and we, that's a part of the Word of God, isn't it? Judgment will absolutely come on all who don't believe. Judgment is going to come on all who reject the Gospel of Jesus. Uh, but, it's coming later. And that's what we have to understand now. It's, it's, it's not time to call down fire from heaven. Now is the time for patience, for the clear preaching of the gospel, and for prayer that people would believe. That's the time that we're in now. It's this, it's, we, we, have, a, we have a disposition, an attitude of mercy and patience and long suffering with the people who don't believe. We're, we are praying that they do believe. We are being clear with the gospel. This is not the time to call down fire from heaven so we have to understand that we have to understand where we are in the grand scheme of things you and i we are in the we are in the time of of prayer of of declaring the gospel clearly of patience of mercy it's not time for, for to be vindictive it's not time to call down fire it's time to proclaim the gospel so that's the first thing that's the first thing, we must be patient and merciful. Number two, we must remember we're pilgrims. We must remember we're pilgrims. Verse, verse 57, and they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And I, I'm sure this person meant well. Alright? But Jesus knows that this person is not thinking of all that that's going to entail. I think if you followed a rabbi or you followed a teacher in the first century, you you wouldn't end up homeless. Like you would like the the rabbi or the teacher, there would be a there would be a place to stay. You would you would expect hospitality. There would be it it wouldn't be a, a super uncomfortable life. It's a Jesus is saying that's not what we're working with here. This is different. Jesus said to him, "Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head." What you have to understand, and Jesus is being kind to this person. He's not trying to talk him out of joining. He's just saying, "I think you might have the wrong idea about what's going to be expected of you." So if you, you know, if you if you're going to follow me, Jesus says you're going to find out really soon. I don't really fit in this world. And that's that is true for us as well. Now we we know that perhaps following Jesus and serving Jesus it may mean that we are without a place. I mean, we 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 in Sunday school, um, Dick Snook gave the showed the videos and told the stories of missionaries and people who are doing gospel work on the on the ground in Haiti and in the Bahamas that that sometimes find themselves without a home. And so, missionary flights international has to come in and resource them, and sometimes um, rescue them, and bring them supplies and bring them food. And it's just a—I mean, it's a—it's a—it's crazy when you think about not being able to just go down to Walgreens or go down to Walmart or or go down to what's in town here? I don't know, Menards, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't do do-it-yourself stuff, so I don't know. But anyhow, it's crazy not to be able to do that. So sometimes sometimes in, in the way that we are serving Christ, we do end up actually physically homeless. Uh, but I, either way, what all of us, if we're actually following Jesus, what all of us are going to experience is the, is the truth that Jesus does not fit in this world. There are a lot of places in this world He just doesn't fit. So if you're committed to following Jesus, if you're committed to faithfully attending church, if you're committed to faithfully um, uh, serving your family, forgiving your enemies, being generous with your money and resources, being intentional about making disciples in your home and in your friendships. For instance, if there's nothing more important to you as a dad or as a mom, than that your kid loves and follows Jesus, if that's truly what you care about more than anything else, then your family's schedule is going to look very different than parents who have other goals for their children. If you are committed to following Jesus, there will be many times where you don't feel like you, you belong here. You're going you're to have to remember you're a pilgrim. There will be some ways that you just won't be successful in this world. You won't fit in this world. I was talking to a a young person the other day um, and uh, we were were considering the idea of using their gifts um, for the Kingdom of God. And I think any missionary pilot will tell you It's surprising, but you don't make as much money being a missionary pilot as you do being any other kind of pilot. There are people, there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people um, around this world who are who are, because they want to advance the Gospel, because they want to, because they want to see the, the church of, of Jesus Christ built around the world, um, they, they go with a lot less. And if you're a young person, I strongly encourage you to consider that. I strongly encourage you to to switch your ideas about what it means to be successful in this life, whether you are whether you are some other country or you are right here in good old Warsaw for the rest of your life i I, I encourage you to to flip in your mind what it means to be successful because if you're going hard after after the world's definition of success and comfort and status and significance, it's going to be really hard to follow Jesus and to obey Him. So we must be patient and humble and we must remember we're pilgrims. And then number three, we must love Jesus more than any other good thing. We must love Jesus more than any other good thing. So after he talks to the one guy about, you know, having no place to stay, he another one he says to another, he says he says follow me in verse 59. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow, and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. These are fascinating verses, and there's a lot of debate among people who have a lot more letters after their name than I do. There's a lot of debate as to what these verses mean and what they should mean in our day and age. So it's clear from Scripture that Jesus wants us to honor our father and mother. That's the clear teaching of Scripture. And yet, in this case, serving the family would conflict with what Jesus was calling these men to do. So, my my personal like um, understanding interpretation of this text. Is that Jesus is talking about the mission trip that's coming up in chapter 10. It's a, it's a matter of urgency for Jesus in this particular case that, that these men go out and, and, um, announce the kingdom of God, that they go out now and do this. And I also believe that this man who wants to go back and, and bury his father, it's very possible, one or two things is that the father's not dead yet. And so he kind of just wants to go and be with the family until it's time to bury the father, or it means that they're in the midst of this. I mean, in in first century Judaism, there was a lot of a lot of people did this thing where it took like a whole year to bury uh, to, to 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 finalize all the burial. They they did something right after the person would die, and then a year later, after uh, after a whole bunch of of, of details, uh, they would finally lay the person in his resting place. And Jesus is saying, "We're not doing that." We've got to go now. And so this is in, in some ways a very specific case. And it's very likely that the, that the farewell ceremony this other guy was talking about was one that could drag on for a very long time as well. It's just the way the culture was then. Jesus wants urgency from these men. He wants them to understand that what He's calling them to do is more important. That obeying Him is more important than anything else. And what we're reminded of here as we look at these, I mean, these these are tough things that Jesus is saying. These are hard sayings. What we're reminded of here is that we must love Jesus more than we love anything else. Even any other good thing. Now again, this is going to look very different for us. But I guarantee you, there are going to be times when we have to choose. Who do we love more? Who are we going to follow? Who is going to decide the way we're going to live? If you... Listen carefully to this, please. This is something I need to tell myself all the time. And I bet you probably need to hear it as well. If you don't love Jesus more than you love your family, you will never love your family the way that you should. If you don't love Jesus more than you love your family, you will never love your family the way that you should. For instance, if someone in your family decides that they no longer agree with what Jesus says about sex and marriage, that they're just going to do their own thing, they're going to embrace homosexuality, they're just going to move in with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you have to decide who are you going to be loyal to. You have to decide it's time to say, I love you. I love you, but but what you're doing is wrong. If it seems like I don't approve of it, it's because I don't. I love you, but I, I do not love what you're doing. What you're doing is wrong, and I cannot support it. I have to follow Jesus. If your family is standing between you and faithfulness to church... It's time to love Jesus more than your family. If your family is choosing to, to gossip about other people, to talk cruelly about other people behind their backs, it's time to love Jesus more than you love your family. It's time to say, I love you, but I, I will not live like that. I will not put up with that. I will not join you in this. I will not disobey the Word of God. I must follow Jesus. He is my King. He was determined to save me, so I must be determined to follow Him. Is this easy? Yeah, it's a piece of cake. I do it all the time. You guys will be fine. No, this is not easy. This is not easy, especially when you factor in the first thing that we said. Especially when you factor in the the, the 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 point that we're supposed to be merciful and patient with this. That we're we're to we're to have this posture of 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 humility. We're not we're not like out to get people. We 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 know that we are going to have to take a stand. We we know we're gonna have we're gonna have these hard conversations where someone comes up to someone that we love and they say you know what it doesn't feel like you're supporting me in this and we're gonna have to say I don't support you in that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna celebrate that with you I'm not gonna help you in that I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call down fire on your head I'm gonna continue to just try to remind you of the truth of the word of God I'm gonna continue to pray for you and and pray that that, that God changes your heart and so it's this. And, 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 and we know that even if we are as kind as possible, people who are close to us, they're going to, if, if we love Jesus more than them, if we want to follow the Word of God more than we want to kind of just facilitate their sin, if we, if we go that direction, even if we're as, we can be as kind as we possibly can be, they're, they're going to feel betrayed. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Jesus is saying to us in these verses, when the time comes for you to choose obeying Me over comfort, over the feeling of belonging in this world, or even over loyalty to your family, to people who are close to you, choose Me, Jesus is saying. It's possible that you're not sure what this should look like. Maybe you're facing... Uh, an issue with your spouse, or your child, or your grandchild, or maybe even your parents. I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, I'll be glad to try to to listen and to prayerfully discuss this with you because it's not. This is not a cookie cutter. This is not a cookie cutter sermon. This is going to look very different in all of our lives, but I don't want you just to kind of struggling with this alone. We're going to see next week. Jesus sends people out two by two. And So when one gets blasted, the other helps them. We're not meant to be alone. The the, the the stuff that MFI is doing, the stuff that Missionary Flights International is doing, where they're they're bringing in support and they're and they're bringing in community and they're and they're making sure that their that their missionaries are not isolated. That's God. That's good work. That's important work. I take back everything I said about Dick. I just don't struggle through this alone. Come talk to me or come talk to somebody, because this is, it isn't easy. But it is the clear call of Jesus on our lives. We are meant to be strong and kind we're going to sing a song at the end after communion we're going to sing jesus strong and kind and and we know jesus is that we are not naturally that we are not naturally strong and kind but jesus is and we saw that in his fierce determination to save us he set his face like flint towards jerusalem and in jerusalem Jesus, with, with Isaiah chapter 50 ringing in His ears, he, he had His back torn open. He had His beard ripped from His face. His body was broken. His blood was spilled. We're going to remember that together in just a few moments. His body was broken for us. His blood was spilled for us so that we can be saved. So that we can have His Spirit. So that we can have His grace. So that, so that come what may, we can know the day by day kindness of Jesus it's not that he it's not that he takes all of our trouble away it's not that it's not that we go through things where we just have all the answers no 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 Jesus Jesus is going to take us through tough paths but through those paths we we'll, we we'll, we'll see over and over and over and over again Jesus is such a friend for sinners Jesus was determined to save us so that we could be given His Spirit, so we could be given His grace, so that we could be determined to follow Him. He was determined to save us so that by His grace, we can be determined to follow Him. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for our time in it this morning. We thank You for Jesus. We thank you for his steely determination to save us. Help us to never get over that. And as we consider it, God, pray that you would help us to be determined by your spirit, by your grace, that you would, be, that you would help us to be determined to follow Jesus no matter what. To be as patient and as kind as we can be. But at the same time, it's just be, be clear that if, that if, even if our comfort is on the line, even if our relationships with other people is on the line, we're going to choose to obey Jesus. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're going to know the clear teaching of the Word of God. And we're going to obey it. And we're going to be, we're going to be glad to, to choose making disciples for Your glory over, over cares of this world. We need Your Spirit for this. We need Your grace for this. We cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot even want to in our own strength. We thank You, God, for Your grace to us. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.